0: Hey guys, my name is John Kim. I'm a licensed therapist and life coach, putting self-betterment into a shot glass. Because let's face it, who's got that much time these days? I come unpolished, unrehearsed, on purpose. If you're looking for more of a wine glass, you've come to the wrong place. Alright, so here's the fence I must stay inside of. Nature, fasting, and dating. Because if you know me, I hop around everywhere. I will dig a hole, I will hop the fence, I will bird walk, and I will be suddenly talking about the moon or Mars or I don't know. But I'm going to try to stay uh, in my playpen today. So let's start with nature. Okay, so there was this video I saw on Instagram. There, <laughs> It was a dog that was raised by um, rabbits, or, or raised with rabbits, and the dog, um, instead of running, would hop, just like a bunny, and, uh, that's because it was raised with, with, uh, the bunnies, and I was raised, um, not by bunnies, but, um, by Korean people, no, I was raised, but in a city my entire life, um, never been out of the city, I'm a total city boy, and never went camping, dad never took me into the woods, never, you know, went fishing, um, I grew up on the streets, not like homeless, but I grew up, you know, breakdancing. I grew up um racing bikes and skating, street skating. I grew up um into cars and 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 racing. It's very like city, urban street, right? And so that's all I know. Um so I'm the kind of guy that that uh, <laughs> uh would bring a blow dryer if you went camping or at the at the least a hair product and Recently, and someone told me this a while ago that I needed to um get in touch with nature you know like go out and just like get out of the city and 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 uh put your put your feet on ground you know and I just kind of ignored that um but recently finally at forty four I've been experiencing nature. And I haven't been going that far, but, uh, you know, Joshua tree a couple hours away, um, going on hikes and, uh, lots of meditation, which is, uh, making me, um, notice trees and shit. So, uh, recently I went to a hot springs over the weekend and sat in mineral water, you know, for hours and did nothing and, and went on a hike. And I'm finally open to, um, not only open to, but actually enjoying nature, enjoying uh, Earth. <laughs> and I know for many that sounds ridiculous, but uh, I'm I'm a city boy, never been out, and I kind of feel like uh, uh, jumping out of my little fishbowl and, and swimming into the ocean. So now every chance I get, it doesn't matter if it's a, you know a walk and noticing trees, or going up to the hills and 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 uh, and going for a hike, or actually driving somewhere. Uh, or putting my foot in the sand, the beach, um, really kind of tuning into nature, and I really think I'm starting to believe that um, we as humans have, you know, we built this concrete jungle, and we need to break free from that. And, that. and that's kind of the reminder. I'm sure a lot of you guys do it anyway, but if you if you if you haven't in a long time, I encourage you to go out and touch soil and look at trees and feel, you know, feel the air and just go whatever, whether it's camping or if it's a day to yourself to, to take in nature. Okay. Number two, um, fasting. So I, one of my, my, my greatest weaknesses is, uh, uh, food. So if I have a craving for something, um, you know, it's, it's inside my stomach within 20, 30 minutes guaranteed, especially if it's, if it's bad, right? If it's fast food or pizza or something, I visualize it and then nothing's going to stop me <laughs> from having that. And part of this is because of my wiring. I grew up. With parents who owned a burger a burger shack, and then um, eventually they saved up money and bought a Popeyes chicken. (laughs) And so, and on top of that, you know, my parents' definition of being American was to to fill the cupboards with uh, Twinkies and like I would go to the grocery store uh, with my mom when I was when I was younger, and she basically uh, let me anything I put in the cart she bought, um, which I know was horrible, but she just didn't. She didn't know, it was education, she just didn't know what was junk food and what wasn't. Um, She made Korean food a lot, and she probably thought, like, you know, this is what it looks like to be American, to to buy cereal and sugary snacks and all this. So, I was a kid on the block, Um, my parents were gone, and all the kids... um, Befriended me because we had basically, our, my house was a liquor store and <laughs> you had free treats. So I grew up, uh, you know, a, a shitty meal, or um, well, a delicious meal, but shitty for you, was only a phone call away. So I grew up eating nothing but fast food. And so when I became an adult, um, it rolled over, you know, like cell phone minutes. And I was just addicted to just lots of crappy food. And now finally, I'm getting older. And my body is now saying, "Hell no <laughs> you can't you can't keep eating this shit, so um now i'm eating colors and and all that so but one of the things that's really difficult for me, and i 'm sure for many right it's not just me is um my discipline with food and and so a lot of people also eat emotionally, right a certain time at night or um if they're not feeling good about themselves, right? The first thing they crave is a snack or a McDonald's or whatever, some kind of something to numb themselves. And for for most Americans, it's food. So anyway, I started to do some intermittent fasting, which is kind of like fasting with training wheels, and that's basically uh, stop eating at about eight p.m., which is fair. We should, and then uh, you skip breakfast and you eat lunch at twelve. And it wasn't. It was really hard in the beginning, but I did it for a while, and I actually enjoy it. I don't crave. I used to wake up and the first thing I would do is you know eat bacon and eggs and all that. And, um, this is when I was, I was really cross feeding a, a lot and, and using a lot of energy. Um, but now I it's become routine. And so the next step up, I've always wanted to do a 24-hour fast. Put a bookmark there. Rewind about seven years. One of my uh, good friends, my, my very first roommate after my divorce, uh, was this guy who was um, – he would once in a while do a 24-hour fast and I was like what the fuck how do you do that and he uh, he did it for spiritual reasons he was Christian and he just wanted to kind of um, clear his head uh, and reboot and I didn't understand how fasting was connected to that Um, and now I get it because just last night um, well it ended last night but uh, I did a 24-hour fast and so here are my revelations from that one it's all in your mind. Um, and it's not just with fasting. It's anything, it's anything, physical, your body can go so much further than you think you, you can, um, than you think it can. And I, I know this also from, from my journey with CrossFit and how hard I've pushed myself. Um, yeah. And I learned that through fasting is, uh, it's it's your mind it's it's everything between your ears that stops us you know um your body i mean there's people that fast for 3 days right and it's not like i didn't have any water i had water i had coffee i had uh coconut water and for the first um i don't know 16 17 hours i was good but then it you know then you start getting dizzy and, and things kind of kick in but the other revelation is um it it is a, it, it 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 reminds me of life in the sense that when when it's about you know not allowing your, yourself to panic and and when you're fasting and the you know the first few hours sometimes is the, is uh the hardest part it's like running where the first miles are hardest and then once you get used to it and your body adapts and your mind adapts and you start leaning into it then you're just on autopilot and i think also with with fasting like once your body goes into a little bit of shock or panics, uh, goes into fight or flight because you're not putting any food in you, um, that's the the whole, like, that's where it's difficult. And if you could actually move past that, so whether you do it through a meditation or whatever, if you could just move past that part, there is calm. It gets much easier. And I think it's just a great metaphor for life because I think in life, uh, things hit us. Um, and it doesn't matter if it's a, you know, a relationship stuff or a situation or an event. And there's this instant panic. There's this instant, like, what am I going to do? The, you know, the floor just dropped out. And if you can get yourself to stay calm past that and staying calm doesn't mean to, to, to like do nothing, but whatever it looks like for you, um, for me lately, it's been a lot of meditation to stay calm in that chaos. Um, you'll have so much more or less anxiety. It's really, um, it's it's really about not setting off your fight or flight, and and uh, we go into survival mode every day because of our minds. You know what's interesting about humans? Well, I don't know if it's interesting. It's it it sucks. Is like you know when an animal gets into a fight and like literally escapes. You know, uh, and they could have died seconds ago. They will within you know uh, ten twenty seconds. It almost like it never happened. They go right back into a completely, um, relaxed, calm state. I know ducks, uh, once they, they flap their wings, they instantly go back to, um, being calm humans. We can activate our panic, our fight or fight, our survival mode. Even when nothing happens, when we just, act, when we just think of something bad, you know, like worry or dread and bills or whatever it is that we're panicking about, um, which makes it more difficult for us to stay calm and you know uh, deal with the turbulence, but that's kind of the revelation. Is through meditating, I learned that there there is there is calm if you just swim further past all the 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 the, uh, the crashing waves, you know, that are in our head. Um, the other thing is, I realized I had this moment of gratitude when I was about an hour away and I was preparing all the food because I was so hungry and of course it was going to be like a thanksgiving feast and i was thinking man there there was a finish line for me like i knew at the end of the 24 hours that there's going to be food there's going to be you know i will be at the island um someone was going to throw me a life jacket but for many on this planet they fast not by choice they fast because uh they're because of money or because they don't have. They don't know what you know when their next meal is going to come. And I just thought, like, wow! I had this just huge moment of just gratitude that I am so lucky that that fasting is an option for me. It's not. Uh, it's not just life. And so I was so grateful. And you know what that made me do is that made me look at my food and instead of inhaling it, which is classic John Kim, I actually ate really mindfully, like I it was really weird. I like looked at it, I appreciated the color I like you know just ate slow and enjoyed it and savored it and i and I wasn't a, a a um just some kid that was just like shoving food down his mouth, and I was like, Wow, this is such a better experience like so being going into it with gratitude and then being super mindful, and I thought, here's the takeaway.' It's not just with food. You could do that with everything, you know? And it will brighten everything. You enjoy it more. So it doesn't matter if it's a conversation with a friend. It doesn't matter if you're making love. It doesn't matter if you're on a date. Um, Whatever you're doing or you're, you're painting or you're writing, I think when you kind of line it with gratitude and appreciation and go into the activity, Very mindful it's just such a better experience and i and i had that tail end of the the fasting um well i mean the, the fasting was technically over and i was eating but i i i'm glad that that was uh, one of the takeaways okay uh the last topic is dating um so i've been uh dating for a while and i'm and i'm trying to use that experience um to learn and grow you know and i think that we should use all experiences Instead of labeling it, and I know that a lot of people they hate dating, um, they hate the the culture of dating, the apps, and all this stuff that's going on these days with dating and the the the, the swiping and ghosting and all that. Um, and I know it's real. I know it's out there. Uh, I talk to people. I'm a therapist. I'm a life coach. We talk about relationships. I get emails. I, I get that. But here's the thing. I'm choosing to. Like, why does dating have to be stamped? Why does it have to be like a thing? Like, okay, now I'm dating. Here I go into the tunnel and it's a battlefield. Like, I think when we start to think of it that way, we're already setting ourselves up for, you know, going into this dark forest of misery and we're never going to find it. It's just like, why even do that? So instead, um, I don't even like calling it dating. I mean, technically right now I'm single and I'm open to meeting people and and having experiences and not labeling it and judging it. And here's here's what I think the when dating is is can be dangerous or are uh, we set up we set ourselves up for a bad experience is when we actually have expectations, right? When we meet someone and it's lined with some kind of expectation. And listen, I'm guilty of this too. I'm not saying that I'm a pro at this. I'm learning all of this. But when we have expectations, whether it's like if we expect them to treat us a certain way or we expect um the the experience to turn into something or whatever we are expecting, then we're going into that experience loaded, and every time we expect we are creating this cliff for ourselves to possibly fall off of, and then there's disappointment, right then the experience turns sour, and then we internalize and we wonder you know is it, is it us are we are we you know not attracted all that kind of stuff and so and then suddenly we're in quicksand and then, you know, we stamp the, the experience as shitty and I don't want to do this anymore. Um, what if, and this is for anyone who's who's uh, single and dating, but also with any experience, what if you went into it, any experience that brings you resistance that you don't enjoy, what if you went into it this time with less expectation? I don't know if it's possible to, to eliminate all expectation, of course, right? Um, I think it, it's, depends on situation it comes and goes but just minimize throw away your checklist throw throw away expectations and allow room for magic you know allow room for honest moments and the single serving experience meaning that if you go on one date why can't that just be an amazing conversation and why can't that not be attached to if that person is going to be the one or you know I, I understand that you you hang out with someone long enough, and of course, you, you, there's feelings involved, and then there, then there should be a conversation and and some expectations, of course. But in the beginning, when you're just out meeting people, try to toss away your expectations. It'll, it'll just make the experience so much better, and uh, you you'll, you'll stop falling off your uh, your mental cliffs. <laughs> so that's my little dating tip. Um, thank you guys for listening and. Uh, well thanks for tuning in i hope the dialogue was helpful listen guys if you want to be a life coach just go to my website theangrytherapist.com and click on Life coaching training and you'll find our catalyst intensive there's only two things you need to be a life coach a story which everyone has and a passion to help others